you're, you're singing truth right now. I mean, what's coming out of your mouths, these, these songs that we're singing are straight out of Scripture. And in my quiet time this morning, I came across this song of David who says, all power belongs to God. That's really good news. All power belongs to God. His majesty shines down on his people. No matter how dark it gets in our world, God's majesty and his power and his love shines down upon us. His strength is mighty in the heavens and what awe we feel standing here before him, before his throne. The God of Israel gives strength and mighty power to his people no matter what's happening. Blessed be the name of Almighty God. You excited about him today? Let's give him a praise right now. Come on, let's just shout praise to him right now for all who is. You can go ahead and be seated, and um, I'm going to remain standing because I can praise the Lord. I am so, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know how stupid it was or what I did last week. Robin would call, I think she would use the word dork um, in that setting about going after an ice storm and trying to go hunting, but if you have hunted before, no better time to hunt than after the deer been hunkered down for a couple of days in an ice storm. Do I get an amen from any of the hunters out there? Yeah, so of course I'm going to go out. But praise the Lord for his protective hand. I'm just so thankful that um, I'm standing before you today, not in a wheelchair before you today. Um, we're not in a hospital room right now in traction. I'm just so grateful. And I want to just say thank you for your prayers. Um, your many prayers and loving concern, notes that I received, I just really appreciate that and uh, has really helped through the past week uh, trying to get back on my feet. You know, the crazy thing, my, I was hunting on my son-in-law's land and um, it just so happened that he had his trail cam out there and caught the fall. Um, you want to see it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, here it is right here. <laughs> All right, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Oh, brother. <laughs> it was like well, I got... I got, I got on my knees, and my, the wind was not completely out of me, and I got up on my knees, and I could hear, I thought I could hear the deer giggling in the woods, you know, like, <laughs> not today, buddy, you're not going to get us today, but anyway, just thank you so much for your prayers. I am just so grateful uh, for the protecting, protective hand of the Lord on my life last week, and um, so, you ready to get after it? Yeah. I am. Let's go... Um, Let's jump in, and I'm going to start with Psalm 147.5. Um, <clears throat> God is great. 
His power is absolute and his understanding is beyond comprehension. That is a powerful verse. I would, I would encourage you to act, actually underline that verse in your Bible, Psalms 147.5, and I'd say write it down and carry it around with you or post it on the refrigerator or somewhere visible in your house. Because this truth about God has got to be in the forefront of your minds as we move forward in the world in which we live. God is great. His power is absolute and his understanding is beyond comprehension. Probably will get in trouble. I already have gotten myself in trouble after the first service, so you're not the first to hear me get in trouble. I'm going to do this anyway, but I came across a speech this week um, from our president. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a recent speech. It is a speech from the past, but it is so appropriate for today and all that has been going on in our world just in one week. You realize how much has been happening in one week? A lot can change for us. A lot can change in this nation very quickly. But as I read it, I thought, man, it is so appropriate for the church. Now, this was spoken to the American people. So what I did is I stole it and I changed every time he said American or Americans, America or Americans, I changed it to Christian or Christians or the church. You'll see, because in there, it's italicized the words I changed. Other than that, it's word for word, his speech. It's entitled, Awaken to the Truth. He starts out by saying, history is watching us. That is a very sobering statement. History is watching us, and we don't have much time. History is waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion. Wow. People are afraid, but fear is in our minds. Truth is in our hearts where we may truly know what is right. It is in our hearts where we differentiate between darkness and light. Your mind is going to say, I'm afraid, but now is not the time for fear. It's time to be fearless as Christians. I want every believer to listen very, very closely to these words, the time for action has come. Corruption has reached a level like never before in our country. The world is better when God's people put their faith into action. And as long as I'm your pastor, no one is ever going to stop us here in this church from practicing our faith or from preaching what's in our hearts. The future belongs to the church of Jesus Christ. It is time to show the whole world that the church is bigger and better and stronger than ever before. Truth will always triumph over lies. Justice will always triumph over abuse and fraud. My friends, it is time to awaken to the truth. It's no doubt, right? I mean, I'm not surprising you by saying that we're living in very challenging times. A time that seems to be void of absolutes. A time when you don't know who you can trust. You don't even know who you should listen to. 
I remember thinking when I was a kid, you know, people in authority had your best interests in mind and you're supposed to be able to listen to what they say because they're gonna tell you the truth about your life and about the circumstances and that's not true today. It just seems like no one's telling us the truth. It's like we've fallen into some deep black hole of lies everywhere you look. We have to understand, though, that this isn't something new. It may be the worst it's ever been in your lifetime. You may be experiencing things in this, this, this void, this black hole of, of lies and, and, and being void of truth like never before in our culture but you need to understand that this isn't new to humanity. In fact, it's been going on since the beginning of time. I want to take you back for just a second here, back to Satan's conflict with God. So Satan is this created angelic being of God's who decided he was going to be like God and he fell from heaven at that point. God cast him out of heaven. But Satan, who Jesus calls the father of lies, has been, get this now, a murderer and a liar from the beginning. It's not something new to our culture or to the United States of America. Jesus said that he has always hated the truth because there is no truth In him, those are Jesus' words. He even believed his own lies, Satan did, that dreadful day, that fateful day, when he said to himself, and I have it on the screen for you in Isaiah 14, 13, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds, and here it is, I will make myself like the most high. And you know what God's response to him was? Liar! That's a lie. You're lying to yourself and everyone else that you're making that declaration to. In fact, if you continue to go on reading, you would hear God say, none of that is true, Satan. Instead, you will be brought down to the pit of hell, to the realm of the dead. But that didn't faze him, my friends. Even though he knew who God was, it didn't faze him. And he's been living ever since totally self-deceived with this as his goal, trying to make this world his throne trying to build his kingdom here on this earth to raise himself up to be like the most high God. He's tirelessly working to establish his self-absorbed, deceitful world system that promises life, it promises fulfillment, it promises happiness, which is a total lie because this world only leads you down a path of sin, a path of heartache, a path of pain, and a path of death that ultimately leads to death. Nothing that he promises delivers life and godliness and righteousness and living anything. It all leads to death, but he promises that you'll be fulfilled if you follow his path. It's a total lie. Now, 
just settle in, okay? Because this is how the whole morning's gonna go. <laughs> and I, I, I feel like apologizing to you for that, but it is truth. And I have to speak the truth to you. That's what we're all about. See, this guy, Satan, he used to be our dad. He used to be our father. Before our rebirth, Jesus said we were children of the devil following the ways of the world and the spirit who is at work in those who are disobedient. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. You can read all about it. Satan came at the very beginning of time and he went to Adam and he told him that if he would eat of the forbidden tree, he would be like God. And ever since, the Bible tells us that men have been trading the truth for a lie and are worshiping the created things instead of the creator. You can go to Romans chapter one and read all about it. We've been doing that ever since. Humanity has been doing that ever since, trading the truth for a lie that Satan started. In fact, I was reading in Isaiah 5 this week that describes this. 520 says, they say that what is right is wrong and what is wrong is right, that black is white and white is black, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. Does that ever sound like today? Does it sound like turning on the TV and watching something? This is what you're hearing. Woe to those. What sorrow to those people who are wise and shrewd in their own eyes. That is the reality that we're living in today. But I've got some good news in the middle of this. Are you listening? You want some good news? Okay, here's the good news. Jesus said, I was born. We just celebrated that. I was born and I came into the world to testify to the truth. And everyone who is on the side of truth will listen to me. Question, are you on the side of truth? Then we've got to listen to what God has to say. Jesus said of himself in John 14, 6, I am the way, the, say it with me, the truth and the life. And John 8, 31 says, you hold to my teaching, and if you do, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's why we're going to spend the next eight weeks countering the fake news that Satan and this world systems are dishing out and replacing it with the truth of God and his word or the teachings of Jesus Christ. And if we, my friends, will hold to Jesus' teachings, we will know the truth and the truth will set us free and we will be able to unlock everybody else out there who is believing the lie to be able to unlock their minds and their hearts to the truth also so that they can be set free. So we're going to spend some time doing this because, especially for us Christians, following the world and its wisdom, if we, if we aren't careful, we will end up following the world and its wisdom. And if we follow the world and its wisdom, it will, it will result in strongholds in our lives that will hold us back from being and doing all that God wants us to be in this broken, messed up, and confused world. We believe born-again Christians are children of light, right? He is the light of the world. We possess him, therefore we are the light of the world. We possess the light. We are children of the light, and we are truth-bearers in a wilderness of lies, 
And God's people need to rise up in truth in order to help set everyone else free. And so I want you to turn to Daniel chapter 3 and um, take your Bibles and go there as we look at this truth today. The truth is this. My God is bigger than your God. Now, I'm, a couple weeks ago, we were with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you remember, in the fiery furnace. And we celebrated the fact that Emmanuel means God with us, and God was with them in the blazing furnace. Remember, Jesus Christ was the fourth man in the fire, delivering his children from danger and the miraculous delivery of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're going to go back to that story, but I'm going to, we're going to go into the front part of the story and see what was going on with this theme that we're going to work on today. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Strap on. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 1. So King Nebuchadnezzar, now King Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon, but he was also the king of the known world at that time. They had conquered just about everything that was conquerable. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue. Picture this. 90 feet tall. That's really tall. And 9 feet wide. And set it on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue. Notice the statue that he, Nebuchadnezzar, had set up. So he sets this thing up. Now, some people think it was a statue of himself. You don't know that to be true. At least it was a a god of some kind, but he thought that possibly he he set it up of a statue of himself. So verse 3. So basically he gets all the officials of all the lands. Everyone who was in charge of people had to come together for this dedication of this statue. Verse 3. So all these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out, People of all races and nations and languages. So who are they including? Come on, who are they including? Everybody, okay? This decree goes out to everybody, everybody, all races, all nations, all languages. Listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's golden statue. What is the key word there? It's worship. He didn't just set up a statue and you need to bow to it. You've got to worship before it. Verse 6, and anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. What kind of furnace was it? A blazing furnace, a fiery furnace, already ready to go, okay? Ready, fired up, ready to go. So basically, here's the picture. The president of the world shows up with a new One world system of worship. And he sets up a God that everybody must bow down to when they hear the music. Jeff Kaminer, come on up here and help me, will you? Do you play the trumpet or anything? I used to. You used to? Oh, this is no no big deal to you then. Okay, you you proclaim, you you do your your instruments out there to that group, and I'm gonna do this group over here. All right, so are you ready? Okay, we're going to play act this thing, okay? So here's the, here's the, this, are you, you, okay, we'll just, just, all people of all languages and all nations and all races must bow when you hear 
the music. You guys are like a bunch of like disobedient Babylonians. We will not bow. You're all gonna burn. That's what it was like. Now, you kids, listen to me. This is a real story. This isn't just like some kind of little, you know, story in the Bible, some storybook that your mom and dad, they wouldn't read this to you at night anyway, but it's not, it's not like some kind of like crazy little story that's not true. This really happened. The king really said, everybody bow or you're going to burn in a furnace. And they blew the horns and whoever didn't tossed in the furnace. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. You got it in your minds? All right, let's keep on rolling. Verse eight. But some of the astrologers went to the king and I put in the word here, tattled on the Jews. Uh, They went to the king and they said, there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. Now they were put in charge. So they were the officials that were called in at the dedication of this idol that they put up. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue that who, who you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage in order that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. And when they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue that I have set up? Are you guys really defying my power and my order? Are you really going to do that? Verse 15, I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue that I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse you will be thrown immediately into the furnace. And here's the big lie, okay? Here it is. And then, what God will be able to rescue you from my power? The lie that he's using is, my God is bigger than your God. There it is. That's the lie. That's the lie that Satan and his world system wants you to believe. Nebuchadnezzar, compared to me, your God is a puny God. Your God can't save you. He's not powerful enough. He's definitely not more powerful than me. I am all powerful. Do what I say. Shut up and listen to me. You do what I tell you to do or else you're going to burn because I am the more powerful God. You know what God's response to that is? Liar, it is not true. Now listen to me. Are you still with me? My friends, there, is, there are powerful people out there. There's no doubt that Nebuchadnezzar was a powerful man. There are powerful people out there in our world in positions to make themselves a God in our lives and will try to convince us that our God that we serve is powerless and he's puny and he's phony. He's some kind of made-up entity that we can't trust to help us in our time of need and certainly can't save us from their system. 
Somebody proved me wrong on all of this because, I mean, this is what's being told to us at every level. There are teachers, there are coaches, there are spouses and parents, employers, legislators, governors, presidents, and kings who will demand that you follow and worship their worldly systems because they think that they are God over your lives. But the truth of the matter is, 1 Kings 8.60, the Lord alone is God and there is no other. Isaiah 46.9, I alone am God. I am God and there is none like me. Psalm 96.5, all other gods of the nations are idols. There hasn't been one God made that has ever done anything for anybody because they're dead. I am the only true living God. And everything else is an idol. Everything else is a lie. Everything else is false. We could go on all day reading scripture after scripture after scripture, declaring that there is only one true God. But we are told that that's a lie. And we're told from from the worldly standpoint, from Satan's worldly system, no, 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 no. Our way is God, and our way is powerful, and you must follow our way. And God is some phony, puny God who has no power, when just the opposite is true. That's what a lie is, right? Nebuchadnezzar says, you're going to bow or you're going to burn. You're going to do what I say, and you're going to worship the way I say, or you're going to suffer. Here we go. You're going to distance yourselves. I'm just going to go here, okay? You're going to distance yourselves. You are going to wear masks. You're going to not sing. You're going to not have any bands or any choirs or any choruses or orchestras. You're going to have no coffee. I just had to throw that one in. (laughs) No fellowship. You're going to go straight to your cars and you're going to lock yourselves in your homes. You will close your doors and you will stop gathering. If you think all of this is about your health, you're not thinking straight. Is the health thing real? Yes, it is. Is COVID real? Absolutely. Do we have to be careful? Absolutely. But if you think that what's coming into the church is just about health, then you're totally missing it. You totally don't know the truth about Satan and all that he's at work to do. Because Satan's job, Satan's goal is to shut the church of Jesus Christ down. It's not about our nation. It's not about the world and its health. He could give a rip about the health of the people of this planet. Satan is all about getting into the church and shutting the church down. And that's his goal. He wants us to worship the way he wants us to worship. 
And if he can get in here and tell us what we can and can't do, what we can and can't say, well, then he just completely shuts down the power that the church has in the world. He's shutting down the truth. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they respond to King Nebuchadnezzar and say, all we have to say is um, we don't worship you. We worship and serve Almighty God, and you are not him. And with all due respect, sir, you cannot tell us what, when, or how we will worship. We know you're all-powerful and everything, but our God is able to save us even from you, and they're taking his lie and turning it around to the truth to say, by the way, our God is bigger than your God. That is the truth, my friends. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is bigger than any other God that is out there and sets himself up. Look at verse 19. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. You ever know anybody like that? Kind of like Nancy Pelosi. (laughs) I just... Just scratch that from the tape on that one. All right, let's not do that. He was so furious that his face distorted with rage, he commanded, listen to this, that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Like a hot, fiery furnace will burn you up worse if it's seven times hotter. Heat it up. But your majesty, it's already hot. I don't care. Heat it up. Heat it up again. I don't know if it'll take it, sir. It's it's so hot right now, you can hardly get next to it. I told you, heat it up. In fact, heat it up seven times. You don't understand. You You don't run the furnace, sir. You're sitting up in your palace. Would you just do what I tell you to do? Heat it up seven times. That's what the kind of guy that we have here. Now, it's possible that he thought that that command would scare Shadrach, Meshach, and Ben. Like, oh, oh, I don't want to get burned seven times hotter than I'm going to get burned. And so we'll give in at that point. Maybe he thought that. I just want to say this. Crazy, self-absorbed people do the stupidest things when they don't get their way. You ever know anybody like that? Have you ever been that person? I have. That's true. And look, look, it proves it in Daniel 3.22. Because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers. He killed his own guys. Because he thought somehow seven times hot is going to burn him more than just a fiery furnace. And that's what people do. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, verse 23, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly... Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Well, yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Well, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Are you reading ahead? What is happening here? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Servants of the most 
high God. What is going on? Let me just tell you what's going on. When God's people decide that they serve only one God and they stand even in defiance of those who think that they are God's, and they say, no, I don't care what you try to do to us. We will not bow to your system. We will not bow to your God. It will turn the hearts of even those who think that they are all powerful God. And it will make a difference, my friends, if God's people will stand up in the truth and say, no, you, you will not make us do what you want us to do that is contrary to God and his truth. And when that happens, the most powerful man on the planet at the time says, servants of the most high God, come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors, all those guys, they crowded around and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. Kids, are you listening? This is a real story. This really happened. These guys went into a seven times hotter furnace and not even a hair on their head was singed and they didn't even smell like smoke when they came out. That's a miracle of Almighty God. And God isn't a lesser God today, my friends, than he was then. Verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar said, and this dude is totally bipolar. Watch this, just watch. Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I'm gonna make another decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. Here's the truth spoken from a liar's lips. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Hallelujah for the truth that God even brings out of a liar. Aren't you glad we don't live under a lunatic's rule like this? Yet, yet. (laughs) I mean, this guy's crazy. In the same chapter, verse six, I am God, he's my image, bow or burn alive. Verse 29, all of you who are bowing, if you don't now bow to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's gods, I'm gonna tear your arms and your legs off and I'm gonna burn your houses to the ground. Crazy. All right, you ready for some truth? Here we go, we're gonna apply some truth. Truth number one that we get from this story is this. Write it down. If your faith is real, you are going to suffer. Well, that's a big, fat encouragement, Phil. It is the truth, my friends. And we need to know during peacetime the truth of these things so that when the conflict comes, we're ready to handle it. Because this kind of conflict was back then and is right now unavoidable. This really happened. These were real flesh and blood young men who would not bow to their culture. They wouldn't bow to the peer pressure put upon them of their day because their faith, listen to me, their faith in their living God was real and they were willing to die for it. These guys were slaves 
They were in the service of the king. They had been captured from their city, Jerusalem, during the siege. And they were brought into captivity into Babylon and put into the king's service. They were slaves. In so they're doing what they're told to do until the king said, you got to do what God tells you not to do. And at that point, they stood against what they were told to do. They would not surrender because their faith was real. They would not surrender their convictions and turn their back on their heavenly father, the one and only true God. Even under the threat of personal harm and death, they would not bow and they would not bend. And I just have to tell you, my friends, we are getting closer and closer to having to make this kind of choice. Man, Phil, you're like, you know, chicken little, you know. The sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. You want some truth today? The sky is falling. It is. And if you don't know that, you got your head stuck in a sandbar somewhere. We're getting closer and closer to having to make the choice, deny God and Christ and the truth of his word, abandon the Lord that you worship and bow to our, our worship, bow to our form of worship, bow to our God, or you're going to suffer. And for the true child of God, I just want to say this isn't a choice, right? Come on, encourage me here. See, their story, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's story illustrates this for us. They didn't wrestle with the idea when it was put in front of them. They didn't ask for a couple of days to pray about it. Well, can I have a couple of days to think it over? They didn't say, okay, hang on. Um, I need to call a deacon and elder meeting to talk this over about what we're going to do. They simply said, um, sorry, no. When they were faced with the option to bow to another God or another world system and deny their God or die, they just said, bring on the death. We don't have to think this over. They were convinced because their faith was real. I'm telling you, we just had a meeting this week with the chair and vice chair, the deacon and elders of our church here. And we're gonna have meetings this week and next week. And I'm not just, I'm not... I don't know. Maybe I just shouldn't go here. But <clears throat> the way things are moving at the speed that they're moving, it's very possible that 2021, we are going to have to draw the line and say, you shall not pass. You will not cross this line. We have done everything you've asked of us. We have tried to be cooperative, but you're crossing a line of our conviction of our God and our worship of our living true God. You cannot come here, and we're going to have to say no. Paul said, all those who desire to live godly will suffer. And if your faith is real, you hearing me? You're going to suffer. We're going to suffer. But if your faith is real, you will stand in the face of the suffering. 
That's the message here. Truth number two. You ready? Here we go. When the heat is turned up, only what is true will survive. And my friends, the heat is being turned up. The fire is hotter than ever, and Satan is working his plan worldwide. Stop longing, okay? If this is you, this is a message for you. Stop longing for the glory days when the government of the United States of America respected religious institutions and the, and the God of the word. Because they aren't coming back. We're no longer one nation under God. Now some of you, that just blew up your head and you're like, no, don't tell me that. I have to tell you that. And if you don't recognize that, you need to start doing a little study on your own. We've got to be prepared. Satan is at work against God. Satan is at work against the church. Satan is at work against truth. And he's taking steps like we've never seen before in the church of Jesus Christ. Who would have ever dreamed that a church, an evangelical, Bible-believing, fundamental church which shut its doors for 18 weeks. Who would ever have dreamed that? Not me. Not in America. And you do know that persecution in the church of Jesus Christ is all over the world. Why do we think that we're going to never experience it? Because we're a nation under God? That, those days are done. They're stomping all over that, and it's been happening for decades. We need to wake up, is what I'm saying, to the reality of what is out there. The battle is real. The battle is heating up. And the question is, do you have a genuine, lasting faith that is real and will stand up to the kind of heat that is going to be turned up on the church? That's the question before us. And I have to ask you that question. It's my duty as a pastor to ask you because... I read some studies from the Barna group. They study churches, and they always, it's, it's a, they've been around forever. And you know what the new percentage in the church, in the evangelical church of Jesus Christ, of people that are true believers, you know what the number is right now in their studies? 30%. Wow is the only word that came out of my mouth. I'm like, certainly that's not true. 70% of the people sitting in churches in America today are not believers, are not real believers. That's heartbreaking. That's scary because what that means is only 30% of you. I'm not a mathematician, but that's only three out of 10 people, right? Are real believers. You know, Jesus talked about this. He told a parable of the wheat and the tares or the wheat and the weeds. 
And that this story is like this farmer, he plants a field. And the workers are out in the field as the crop's coming in. And they're noticing uh, the wheat is growing up and it's great, it's awesome, it's growing up and it's strong and everything, but we're noticing the weeds are growing up too. So they go to the farmer and they say, what should we do? The weeds are growing up with the wheat, should we go out there and pick the weeds? And the farmer said, no, no. No, just let the weeds grow up with the wheat. Because at harvest time, when we harvest, we will separate the weeds and they will go in the fire and the fire will consume them. So, is it truth that there are weeds growing up with the wheat in the church of Jesus Christ? What would you be satisfied with? What percentage? Because I'm not satisfied. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't swallow 70%. But 50%? You, you guys be satisfied with 50% of the church, not believers, not true believers? Okay, let's flip it then. 30%. 30% are not believers, 70% are. Let's be satisfied with that. <laughs> no, what's the goal? Every single person in the church of Jesus Christ knows him. And he's real. And their faith is real. They're not just pretending to be Christians. They're not just like pretending to follow Christ. They're actually following Christ because they have a true repentance and they have a true faith. That is real. When the heat is turned up, only what is real is going to survive. Only the wheat will survive. And I, as your pastor, it's proper for me to ask these questions and challenge your thinking because, listen, my friends, if there's anybody here, if there's anyone online that is listening to this, and you've had a form of godliness. You have, you know Jesus, you believe in Jesus, you believe in God, you believe that there is one true God and there is Jesus, but you've never put your faith in him. And there isn't like evidence, there's not fruit coming out of your life that you are a believer. You need to do some serious consideration of your life because time is marching on and we're getting closer to the end. When grace is no longer available, judgment is coming. It's good for me to ask the question of you, do you know the Lord? Because if you don't, all you have to do is give your heart to him. I would love to help you with that. If you're online and you're right now, you're thinking, man, I don't think I am. Reach out to us and we'll help you understand whether you are or not. I have to ask you these questions because what if someone threatens to hurt you or your family? if you don't stop talking and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Patrick, they are gonna to come to you and say, you need to stop telling people about Jesus because it's offensive and we consider it hate speech because there are many ways to salvation. There are many ways to God and you're, you cannot just say that Jesus Christ is the only way. That's offensive. We're going to make a law that's hate speech and you cannot say that anymore. And if you continue, we're going to hurt your wife. What are you going to do at that point, Patrick? You know what? We're also going to take your children away from you because you're not fit to be a father. So we're going to remove your children from your home. What are you going to do about that? It's coming to that, my friends. 
What if they come in here and tell me that I have to stop preaching the truth of God's word? You know that's what they're getting to, right? They're getting their foot in the door with this, it's healthy if you guys do it our way and you do everything we tell you to do so that we can get in there and tell you more what to do. That is the goal. They're coming in next to come into us and say, you know what, you're not allowed to tell people what God thinks about homosexuality or sin or sexual immorality or the abuse and misuse of money. You're not allowed to talk about anything like that because it's offensive to people. And you're certainly not allowed to tell people that there's only one way to heaven because it's hate speech. And we've made a law that says you cannot use that kind of language. So you have to stop saying that from the pulpit. What if they come in here and they say, if you don't stop, we're gonna take your pastor and put him into prison. What am I going to do? What are you going to encourage me to do? (laughs) You come visit me in jail, right? And bring me cookies or something, right? It's coming to that. What if they came in here with guns? They'll never do that. Really? That's what they're doing in Burkina Faso right now. They're going into the churches with guns and they're killing the people for worshiping God. And our believers are running for their lives. Oh, well, it never happened here. You're a fool if you think that. That's where we're going. And they're gonna walk in here with guns and say, you're all breaking the law. So everybody, everybody who wants to, to live, get up and walk out, and you getting up and walking out is your denial of all this stuff that you're doing here. Go home with your family, collect your kids, and don't come back. What will you do if that happens? Oh, right now, we're all saying, I'd take a bullet. Really? Uh, Your children are in children's ministry, and if you, you can get up right now, Deny your faith, get up right now and get your kids and leave. Or we're gonna kill you and do God knows what to your children. What will you do? See, a lot of people, if their faith is not real and they haven't thought this through, we will make all kinds of excuses why we have to do what we do in order to get out of the situation Deny Christ and like ask his forgiveness later. What if someone, the bottom line is this, what if someone sets themselves up as a God and tells you to bow down to his idol or burn? What will you do? When the heat is turned up, only the true believers will survive. I've got to jump past this next one. Um, So you want to write it down, those of you who are really crazy about writing down and filling in the blanks? Truth number three, God is able, but he's not obligated. I'd love to spend some time here because this is a tripping point for me. You know, what does it do? What does it say about my faith? And what does it do to my faith? And how many people question their faith? 
when God is able, but he doesn't deliver. Because if you notice in verse 17 and 18, they said, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. Praise God. We all know that, right? He will rescue us from your power. If there was a period there, that becomes a promise in the word of God. Your power, uh, he'll rescue us from your power, your majesty, but here, but watch what they say. But even if he doesn't, God is able to do all things. With God, all things are possible. But even if he doesn't, he's still God. And I still won't bow. I still won't worship your God. He can save me. But even if he doesn't, I don't need to rethink the whole thing over. People of genuine faith are cemented in the truth that my God is in control of all things, that my God loves me as his child, that my God knows what's best and I can trust him. Even if he doesn't, I'll never bow to another God ever. Here's a quote that I came across this week that I loved. We must all get to the place where the matter of what we believe, who we trust, and how we're going to live is 100% settled. We need to settle these things right now in peacetime before all the persecution comes. We need to get to the point where God doesn't have to prove himself to me anymore. We don't have to, we've got to get to the point where I'm not holding back my faith anymore. I'll walk through any door, I'll walk through any valley, I'll walk through any heartache, I'll walk through any disappointment, I'll walk through any fire because my God is bigger than your God and my God is able to deliver me. But even if he doesn't, I'm still going to serve my God. Psalm 118.6 says, God is on my side. Man, I love this verse. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Man, I love that. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is our eternal rock. When we know the truth about the true God, you will never bow to a false one ever, no matter what. So the end of the message today is this. Um, Who will you choose? Well, I choose the right God. I, I choose the living God, right? We do, right? Come on, encourage me, right? Do you always? See, it's for me to call out to the people before we go into the land, before we, we go into the future of 2021 that is totally uncertain. Just like Joshua went before the people of Israel as they were going to possess the land and they had to go through all kinds of battles to overtake the wicked people in the land that God had promised them. But first, before they went in, he said this to everybody, before the conflict started, you need to make a choice today who you will serve. Either serve the God of the nations, the gods of the nations, or serve the Lord. Make your choice. As for me and my house, he said, we're going to serve the Lord.
It's Isaiah, or no, I'm sorry, Elijah. Remember on Mount Carmel, he said this, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, then follow him. Otherwise, go ahead and follow Baal. (laughs) The call is this to all of us sitting in this room, online watching. Choose this day whom you will serve. Well, of course we serve God. I just want to say some of you are serving yourselves. Can I, let me back that up. Some of us are serving ourselves. See, we don't have nine-foot idols. We have things like pleasure that have become gods in our lives, and the system tells us Satan's lie is that you'll be happier if you follow the passion of your heart, if you follow the ways of your heart. If you follow the desires of your heart, you'll be happy. How many of you know from personal experience that that is a lie? Every single one of us. We've tried it, right? Solomon says, I have tried everything. I've denied myself nothing in this world. And I'm not satisfied. Well, that's the lie. The lie is that you will be. And some of you are running hard after that, and you're not running hard after God. It has become your God in your life, and I'm gonna tell you something, my friends. You're not prepared to stand when the heat is turned up. If all you're doing right now is bowing at the foot of the system, Satan's system and Satan's message, Satan's lie, that you will find happiness pursuing the things of this world. And I could go down all kinds of ways. You know what I'm talking about. I think it's right for the church. I have, there has been a song that I have, I have sung my whole life at at moments like this in a service where I made rededication, where I saw the, the slippage in my life, where I saw that I was starting to worship at the altar of the world system that was promising me something that I was chasing after when when I realized because the Holy Spirit of God got a hold of me in a service like this and said, no, 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 no. I am the one true God. I will provide all your needs. Your satisfaction will be in me. You'll never find it anywhere else or in anyone else. You come back to me and I have come back and recommitted my life to serving the one true God. Him only will I serve. And I want to invite you to stand with me and recommit as we sing the words of this song. All to Jesus I surrender all to him I freely don't sing it unless you mean it come on I will ever love and trust him in his presence day 
I surrender all, all those things that don't give us any pleasure. I surrender all, all my fears, all my anxiety, I give it all to you. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I Lord, I just pray that you'll help us be people that will stand. We will not bow to any other God or any other system that finds itself in contradiction to you and your word. That we would be faithful, that you would find us faithful. But we need to do it in your strength and we cannot do it on our own. So we stand here committing ourselves afresh and anew, surrendering ourselves to you. Forgive us for the times when we turn our back on you. Forgive us for the times when we've walked away. Forgive us for the times we've compromised. We've made excuses to turn our back from you. Lord, just forgive us for that and let us start afresh and anew today walking with you. The only God we will serve that we will bow the knee to. Give us strength and courage to stand when Satan turns the heat up in our lives and in our world. We commit that to you now, Lord. It may happen this week. We commit it to you. In Jesus' powerful name, amen. Let me just say before you leave, if you don't know the Lord, today is the day of salvation for you. You're listening to my voice. You're online with us today to hear the invitation you to come to the one true living God through Jesus Christ. Reach out to us if you're at home online. Reach out to us so we can help you. If you're here in the building, don't walk that way. Come walk this way. And we've got prayer team members. I'll stay down here. I want to help you find Jesus and find the life that I have in me that you can have in you. The invitation is always open to that. Well, let's go in the power and strength of all powerful God who shines his face upon his people and empowers his people to do the work out in the world that we are called to do. Let's go be salt and light as we leave. God bless you. You're dismissed.